0: This morning what I want to talk with, uh, to us all about is the topic that uh, God has been challenging me with personally. We've been going through a season in, in SEA Youth where I usually do series, but God has just been pushing on my heart on a number of different topics and, and causing me to dive into his word about it and doing a ton of standalone messages, and this is one of those. And the topic that I want to talk about this morning is thankfulness, thankfulness. Now, I know that it is not November yet. My brother was very kind to point that out when I told him what I was going to be speaking on this morning. But thankfulness, or the lack of it, has a very large impact on our daily lives, whether we realize it or not. It's a topic that is found all over Scripture, that is spanning the Old Testament to the New Testament, from the Psalms, from Genesis to Revelation to the Gospels. It is everywhere what I'd like to do this morning is to share a few truths with you about the topic of thankfulness. So, the first truth that I want to share with you this morning is this thankfulness is an active posture of the heart. Before we can talk about thankfulness, what the Bible says about thankfulness, we have to recognize in its essence what is thankfulness. And I would argue that it is an active posture. Of the heart. Well, Pastor David, what do you mean by that? Let me break it down. Active, it is something that is constantly needing attention. I have a very active dog. He's a terrier. This morning he was driving me nuts because he's active. He's requiring attention that is constant. It's constantly moving, it's constantly readjusting. And it is a posture. Thanksgiving is an active posture. A posture is how we position ourselves to deal with and to respond to situations. Outside of us. When I was thinking about this, I I often, due to the ministry I oversee, I think of my students. And when I think of posture, the first thing that came to mind was how some of my students will posture and position themselves in their chairs on a Wednesday night when they know that there are desserts and sweets after service. Right? They're sitting there, they're laughing, they they know it's them, and they're just sitting on the edge of their chair, just kind of leaning forward, is he going to dismiss yet? Is he going to dismiss yet? You see, what they're doing is they're positioning themselves to immediately respond to an outside influence. They're positioning themselves to be in an advantageous state when I say, amen, let's go eat cake. They are actively posturing themselves to respond to something, and that is what thankfulness is in Colossians 4.2, it says this about thankfulness. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. With an alert mind and a thankful heart. In the Amplified Version, when it says alert, it adds these two phrases, awareness and focus. There is an awareness, there is a focus in our mind that lends to us having a thankful heart. You see, thankfulness is an attitude that we choose. It's an active posture that affects and involves our mind and our mouths. Now, one of the things that is incredibly challenging about this is to think about the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit are listed by the Apostle Paul Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now notice that thankfulness is not listed in there. The fruit of the Spirit are produced in us by the Spirit. He, he produces those. He grows those in those. He fosters us. We get to come alongside of him in that. But thankfulness is not among them. What does that mean? Well, self-control is among them. And I would argue that thankfulness is the result of self-control. Control of your mind, which Second Corinthians 10.5 tells us we are able to do. It says that we take captive thoughts that are rebellious to Christ and teach them to obey him. We take them captive. We control our minds and we control our words, our speech. Because thankfulness is an active posture that affects our mind and affects our speech you see, we are all faced with circumstances every single day of our lives, good or bad. But we get to choose how we receive them, what we will focus upon, and how we will respond. Philippians 4.8 says this, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. I would challenge us all to recognize in our hearts that when we set an active posture of thankfulness, one of the things that we have to do is predetermine that we will focus upon these things. That when the circumstances of life come, it's not that we ignore the hardship But we choose to set our minds upon the things that are lovely, the things that are pure, the things that are excellent, the things that are admirable, the things that are worthy of praise. Because you see, in Proverbs 23, 7, it says in the Amplified, as he thinks in his heart, so is he. I don't know about you, but I want to be viewed as someone who is lovely, who is pure, who is admirable, who is honorable, who is excellent and worthy of praise. Amen? So thankfulness is an active posture of our hearts. Number two, thankfulness and joy are linked. In Psalm 9, 1 and 2, it says this, I will praise you, Lord. And the word that is used there for praise can also be translated as thank. I will thank you, Lord, with all of my heart. I will tell of all the marvelous things you have done. I will be filled with joy because of you. I will sing praises to your name, O Most High. And in 1 Thessalonians five sixteen through 18, It says this, always be joyful, never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. Joy and thankfulness in multiple places in God's word are linked together. Now I want to set the record straight here. This is not humanism. This is not one of those things where we're saying, if you think positive thoughts, you will have a positive life. Where we're saying and we're elevating the power of our mind, saying that if you think positively, everything will go well. No, this is the truth of the gospel this morning. Joy and thankfulness are linked together. There are many reasons in our lives that we may be lacking joy and I have found when I pray with individuals, when I help guide individuals and pastor them through the circumstances of life, if they are lacking joy in their life, one of the main reasons is because they are lacking the practice, the active posture of thankfulness. If that's you this morning, and you find yourself lacking joy in your life, I want to challenge you to invite the Holy Spirit to help you to see more of the things that you can be thankful about. As it was said in that video about the parenting conference, we are surrounded by all of God's creation every single day. And God's word tells us in Romans chapter 1 that his creation reveals his glory, which means we are surrounded by opportunities to give thanks for his creative nature, for his perfection, for his goodness. There are so many things that we just look past every single day of our lives that we could, upon choosing, be thankful for and as a result, enter into the joy that is promised. I was talking with our students a couple of weeks ago about this idea of looking for those things that we can give praise for that we often overlook. And for some reason, I don't know why, the first thing that came to my mind was our knees, first thing that pops in Pastor David's head. We should be thankful for our knees. I know it's kind of a weird thing, but when you think about it, whether your knees are still good or not, if they're not, think about a part of your body that's working excellently. Can you imagine how weird it would be to walk without knees? Your legs would always be straight. It would be very uncomfortable. But God, in his divine wisdom, in his creative nature, decided when I make Adam, one of the things I'm going to give him is knees, so that he can walk comfortably, so that he can run successfully, so that he can kneel down and praise me and be with me. There are so many things in our life that we can choose to be thankful for that we have become immune to seeing. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal those things to you. And as you give thanks more, the word tells us that joy and thankfulness are linked. And I believe that your joy will increase along with it. Number three, thankfulness frustrates the enemy. Thankfulness frustrates the enemy. 1 Peter 5.8 tells us this, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Whether you are a Christian or not here this morning, God's word is very clear that we all have an enemy who is out to seek our destruction. John 10.10 tells us that the devil seeks people out to steal, to kill, and destroy. And he has many tactics that he utilizes to attack believers and unbelievers alike. And I believe the lack of of thankfulness is one of them. Because what it does is it gets us to stop focusing upon our creator and gets us to be focusing upon the circumstances of our life. And what happens is we elevate this life above the power of our God. But when we walk in thankfulness, as 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, in all circumstances, as it also says in Ephesians 5.20, when we give thanks for everything, he gets mad. He gets frustrated. The enemy gets frustrated because what we have done is we have disarmed him and we have robbed him of the opportunity to have influence in that situation. Have we thought about that this morning? The word tells us that we have an enemy that is actively seeking our destruction. God is more powerful. Nothing can touch him. It's not a comparison. The victory already been won. But yet we focus upon the hardship, and we forget about the power and the goodness of our God. And Satan's just thinking, I've got him right where I want him. But when we have a hardship enter our life, and we say, God, you're so good. God, this is happening in my life right now, like, like King David did all the time. His, so many of his psalms started out with lamenting, with what looks like whining, but it turns into, my God is above all else. I will praise him till my last breath. Though my enemies may surround me, <laughs> my God is good. And the enemy just goes, no. you No. When we walk in thankfulness, we frustrate the enemy because we rob him of the opportunity to have influence in our lives. And when we fail to walk in thankfulness in our lives, it may look like worry, it may look like complaining, it may look like grumbling, we end up putting ourselves in hard situations. As I look back on my life and some of the things that I have prayed to the Lord for deliverance from, I recognize that was my fault that I was even there in the first place. And the reason I was there was because I wasn't walking in an attitude of thankfulness. For some of us, maybe it's we find that we have a terrible job environment. People are always putting us down. We aren't excited to go to work. But let me ask you this question. When was the last time you thanked God for your job? When we fail to walk in thankfulness, our whole perspective shifts to the negative in our lives. And we may ask, God, deliver me. I pray that you would help me to enjoy my work. I pray that you would help me to have a a good time when I'm there. I pray that you would help my relationships with the people there. But the reality is, sometimes we're the answer to our own prayer in the area of thankfulness. We have to start speaking it with our mouths. Because when we do so, we frustrate the enemy's plans. An active posture of thankfulness keeps our hearts set upon Jesus, regardless of any circumstances that you may face. Number four, thankfulness is a natural response to a growing knowledge of Jesus. Colossians 2, 6 through 7 says this, and now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him, Let your lives be built upon him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will what? You will overflow with thankfulness. If you desire to grow in the posture of thankfulness this morning, let your roots grow down into Jesus. And what does that look like, Pastor David? What what do I have to do to do that? First part of it is simply just being with him. That can look so many different ways for all of us. Part of what we were doing this morning in worship, that was letting our roots grow down into Jesus. But more importantly it is what are you doing with your every day? Are you waiting from week to week to be planted in Jesus? Because listen, if you let your roots grow down into Jesus when you're at church and then you pull it up and put it in the world for the rest of the week, and then pull it up and put it back into Jesus on Sunday. That plant's not going to develop a root structure at all. It's going to die. I know. I kill plants all the time. (laughs) But if every single day of your life you're planted in Jesus, your roots Are growing into him. You are receiving from him every day, from his word. It doesn't have to be a lot, it can be a verse. Praying to him, singing songs like the ones we were singing, singing ones that you make up. It doesn't have to sound good when you're by yourself. I was telling our students when you sing in the spirit, when you allow the Holy Spirit to guide your words in song, we're all on key. He's pleased with that. When you plant your roots in Jesus every single day of your life, they go down deep into him. And what ends up happening is we grow in our knowledge of him, we grow in our our love of him as we slow down, and what happens is we discover who he is, and listen this morning, there is nothing that you will ever discover about Jesus that will disappoint you. Nothing. That is why the natural response to a growing knowledge of Jesus Christ is thankfulness. Because you grow in understanding who he is and every single way you look, you find something that is exciting. You find something that hits a part of your soul that has been longing. Nothing that disappoints. You discover as you slow down with him that he is indeed what we have been singing about this morning. He is the way maker. He is the miracle worker. He is the promise keeper. He is the light in the darkness. More than that, you discover that he is who he says he is. That he came to this earth to take on flesh, to live a perfect life, and in the end, to become sin itself. And die in our place so that we might have freedom in relationship with God. When we come to understand who Jesus is, the natural response is to overflow with thankfulness because we have so much to be thankful for. If you're running out of things to be thankful for in your life, if you're going through a hardship, if looking around at creation isn't enough, read about Jesus and what he's done for you. Whether you are a believer in Jesus here this morning or not doesn't matter. He did it for you. The only difference is that if we are a believer here this morning, we've entered into relationship with him, but there's an open invitation waiting for you to be made right with God and to have all the reasons in the world to be thankful this morning. Number five, the final truth that I'd like to share with you this morning, and I wish Uh, If I'm being honest, I had 13. I wasn't about to do that this morning. (laughs) But number five, as the worship team begins to come, thankfulness invites God to work in our hearts. Thankfulness invites God to work in our hearts. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. As we engage in prayer with thanksgiving, the result is God extends his peace over our lives. It affects our hearts It creates an open invitation to God to come and to change how we're feeling, to come and to work in the situations that we're facing. Thankfulness invites him to work in our hearts. Psalm 100 says this, verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving, go into his courts with praise, give thanks to him and praise his name. And, like I said earlier, that same word can be translated as thank. What this is talking about is not that in order to enter into his courts, we must have thankfulness. It's not what it says. It says that's the desired result. But it's talking about entering the gates, it's talking about entering the courts, and it's referencing the temple, which in the Old Testament was the place where the presence of God dwelt. As we enter into his presence, as we did in worship this morning and as we will in just a minute, it invites him to come into work in our hearts. Because whatever God touches cannot remain the same. Psalm 1611 tells us this about God's presence. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forevermore. We're back there again with joy. Joy and and depression are something that I have taught on a lot with our students because this generation has an epidemic of depression and anxiety. And that is not God's desire for any of us. I said that's not his desire for any of us. Amen? His desire is for us to have a life filled with joy. His desire, as John 10.10 10 tells us, is to have a life and a life that is abundant, a life to the full. That doesn't mean that everything will ever, ever go your way or always go your way. But What it does mean is he desires for you to have joy unending. And one of the ways that we enter into that is thankfulness if you'd stand with me as we come to a close this morning. Thank you Jesus. So I was praying over this message. I just I just asked God. I said, "What When it comes to thankfulness, what does thankfulness mean to you? (laughs) And as clear as day, he said to me, my son, thankfulness is one of my love languages. One of the greatest ways that we can praise God is showing him how much we love him. And one of the greatest ways we can show him how we love him is by speaking his love language, thankfulness. If thankfulness is something that you struggle with, there's a few things that i encourage you with. The first is to memorize Scripture and declare it over yourself. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. When we speak with our mouths, there's power behind it. A great verse to memorize would be 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18. It's been posted in my home for a long time. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances for this Is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. The second thing that I would encourage us all with, if we're desiring to grow in thankfulness, the greatest way to grow in anything is by starting to do it. That's why the worship team is here, and they're going to lead us in song again. It's an opportunity for us to put to practice immediately what we have just talked about and begin thanking him. I'm going to open these altars for anyone that would like to come. Whether thankfulness is something that you desire to grow in because it's been a struggle or simply you desire to grow in it because you desire to be more like Jesus, I would invite you to come. Our prayer team is going to come up here as well. But before they lead, It would be foolish of me to think that just because we're all here this morning, we have all placed our faith in Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. And if you're here this morning and you have never taken that step, you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never said, I believe that you have died on the cross for me, taking all of the shame that I feel over the wrong things that I've done, All of the sin that is in my life has been forgiven because of you and I give you control of my life. I repent, I turn from those things and I follow after Jesus. If you've never done that and you're here this morning or perhaps you've walked away from him, I want to encourage you, you can begin having a conversation with Jesus right where you're at and saying, Jesus, forgive me. Take control of my life. I turn from these things. Our prayer team is going to be up here to pray with you as well. And I would love to connect with you. But for the rest of us, these altars are open and I invite you to come as the worship team leads.